Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Set Your Expectations. I'm Joe Gerger, your host. This is the podcast that brings on a different guest every week to talk about different aspects of life or careers and the different misconceptions that society has about them. I'm always joined by my co-host Josh. Josh, who do we have today? Well, Joe, today we have Susan Dandar. Now, Susie is a fifth grade teacher. Um, and she got to sit down with us and just tell us what it was like to make the decision to go in educating, what it was like to decide to do early childhood. Um, you know, she's teaching 10 and 11 year olds, I think, in fifth grade, right? Um, she talks about what it's like to teach a bunch of rowdy 10 year olds. Um, and just all in all, uh, how much she enjoys her job. Uh, I thought it was great having her in the studio, though. Yeah, it was definitely an awesome time. And I hope you guys enjoy it. teacher okay so what is that what's the day-to-day of being a fifth grade teacher involve um well I have to actually report early I report at eight even though school starts technically at nine um, so it gives me some time to just plan out my day or grade in the morning or set up whatever I really need to do I do at that time but most of it is like making copies or talking to anybody that I need to in the school building. Um, I pick up the kids, they have breakfast. Um, and I think it's good because it's like a free breakfast program. So a lot of the kids like make sure that they eat before they go to school. Um, and then um, we actually switch classes right away. So I don't have my homeroom kids. I have them for um, from like 9.15 until 11.30. And then we switch again. They have lunch, switch again, and then all specials are like in the afternoon. So it's like it's like a long block of time with the same kids, even though I have two separate classes. So how many fifth grade teachers are there all together? Two. And one including is me. Okay, so this is one <laughs> other one, and you guys are just kind of like swapping back and forth the whole day? Yeah, because I'll teach English language arts and social studies. Um, English language arts is like your bigger block because... You know, like there's obviously more emphasis on like reading, writing, grammar, and then um, her math blocks a lot longer too. So you don't really mess with math then? No, I don't. I actually am not licensed in math or science. I'm just licensed in social studies and English language arts. Does that work for all all of the um, elementary teachers? Like, does every fourth like? For fourth grade, yeah, uh, are there two fourth grade teachers, and each one has specialties, and they just kind of switch back and forth the way that you guys do? It kind of depends on the school, and it depends on the licensure. So, like, so my licensure is middle childhood grades four to nine, but when I went to go to like create or to declare my major, it was I had to choose two content areas. Those are the only two I can teach. Now, I could go back and I could get, like, extra classes or, like, an extra endorsement to make sure that I can teach those other classes. Mm-hmm. But overall, like, I for right now, I just teach English language arts and social studies. Now, my um, the other teacher I work with, I think she's certified K through 12. Um, or she might just be elementary. So that's... Um, K through three, but then have an endorsement for four and five, and that would be all subject areas. 
So when when you like, let's say you get licensed to do all the subjects, would you still have two main subjects that you do, or would you nope. guys be able to switch it up? We we would be able to be what we consider in general education as like self-contained. So it would be just me teaching the same group of kids all the subject areas. Um, but similar, because I have like more similar to our. Our upbringing then. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we were in elementary, generally, we went to one teacher, and that was our whole... Yeah. The whole shebang. Yeah. There was a point in time, I think, when I was in fourth grade, where it was being experimented with, with us switching classes. Yeah, same here. Fifth, fifth, I think, fourth through sixth, actually. I think I did the other teacher for just one one subject. Yeah. Um, But for the most part, we had a teacher, and they did uh, the primary block of of our learning. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine was pretty similar. When I got to like fourth grade, that's when we started switching for maybe one class and then like fifth grade it was switching just how my t- my other fifth grade teacher and I switch now. But I think it's good because it gets them used to not always being with the same teacher, which like a lot of your junior high and high schools are like you're definitely not going to be with one teacher <laughs> subjects. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess that kind of helps them ease into that then. Yeah. Because uh, it's less of a shock when they have literally a teacher for 45 minutes max. Yeah, yeah. and having to deal with that many new adults all at once is uh, a nightmare. Yeah. And at the school that I teach, um, the middle school is actually in a separate building, but they do have, like, separate teachers for every subject area. So it's it is getting them used to it. Um, I know currently our fourth grade, they they don't switch. They just keep the same teacher. But those teachers do plan together. So they come up with the same lesson plans to teach even though they're in separate classrooms. But they teach the same plans, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I want to know, okay, so you, you introduce yourself if you're introducing yourself to somebody, do you say you're an elementary teacher? Do you just say you're a teacher? How do you usually go about it? Um, I guess it kind of depends on who I'm talking to. Usually, I'll just say I'm a teacher. Okay. <laughs> and then everybody looks at me like I'm insane because they're like, wait, aren't you 12? And you're just <laughs> like, no, no, I, I teach children. I, I'm not one. <laughs> do you get that look, too, at like at school? Like, do people look yeah. at you like, who is this young child who's yeah, in I, charge of children? <laughs> my, my first day where like I was actually meeting parents was before like actual school started. Right. And it was, you know, the parents could just come in. It was an open house. And, like, yeah, there, there were definitely some parents that were like, who, what? <laughs> the new teacher is 12? What? Do you feel like after you meet them, they have a, a little bit more comfort level with you? Yeah, I think a lot of them, like, the ones that I've met have been very, very, like, open with me. They've shared, like, hey, this is... Um, my kid and this is kind of like what to expect from them um they've given me their phone numbers like if there's any problems you need to contact me like i'm totally fine with it um which is good because you know a lot of schools where especially where the kids are like coming from low co- income families like there's not a lot of family support but i feel like with my group of students like there's significantly more mm-hmm. um and so for that i'm lucky for this year 
So. I feel like I, since we're talking about parents, I always see the same trope in in movies and TV where like a young teacher always ends up having some kind of awkward like flirty relationship with a, a child's parent. Do you f- see that happen a lot amongst your peers, or do you see foresee that being an issue for you until you start to age into your career? Um, I I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. You know um, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I think I'm I think I'm gonna be good on this one. Um, you know, I think it just when you're in your career, it's important to stay professional. Right. Uh, no, yeah. Obviously. And, yeah. But and I have not had anything like that happen. Um, I think I have just more or less have a lot of parents who, you know, are just like interested in like knowing who is spending right time, so much time. With six kids. hours with my kid each day. Are you the youngest teacher at your school? Um. Okay. In in my building, yes. Um, so I'm 23. Um, in the school, no, <laughs> because my best friend who I graduated with, um, she's 22. She's turning 23, um, but she works at the middle school. So we see each other from time to time. We don't see each other on a daily basis, um, but we we like had all of our most of our undergrad classes together. When we got into professional education, all of our classes were together. We were in the same education fraternity. We worked at the same place yeah. our senior year, and then. Now we work together now. That's pretty cool. I can't get away from her. (laughs) Not that I want to. (laughs) Do you think that people, when they see and find out that you are a teacher, do you think that they have certain idea about what it is that you do that's completely wrong? Or do you think people pretty much have you pegged? Um, I think that people definitely have misconceptions about what school is. Um, I think some of their conceptions are correct, um, but I think some of them aren't, um, and especially because right now we're in a time when like education is like a hot topic. It's changing, and they're realizing that it needs to change. Um, and it's not just changing as far as like what we're teaching. It's changing as far as how we're teaching, how we're assessed, how students are assessed. Mm-hmm. Um, just. Because if you're not careful, you're going to end up on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just hope that, you know, and that's why, like, I just go in with the mindset that no matter what happened the day before, just go in, do what you need to do the way that you can, the best that you can. Is, is what you do, do you feel like it's pretty much what you expected when you were in school? Or do you think that there's there's a, a big difference from what you thought you were walking into? Um, I think when I was younger, like before I got into any placements, I think I had this just overall feeling that like everything would be perfect and I'd never have any problems. And, apples. and the, yeah, and <laughs> and especially, you know, I went to Notre Dame Academy, like Catholic all girls school. If we had even like a minor problem, it was a big deal. Like, mm. gosh, did you hear what she did? So 
you know, it's like, oh my goodness, like I got a dress code violation. This might be the end of the world, you know? But um, I think as I got older and I got into, especially student teaching, that's when I was like, okay. When did you start student teaching? Um, my first placement where I was like observing the same group of kids for more than 10 hours was um, 2014. Um, I was at like a small Catholic school. Was that, in, your, was that your junior year of college? Um, it was my senior year. And then I had a super senior year. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was at a small Catholic school. There were 11 kids in the class and no, I'm sorry, 14 kids in the class. And it was basically my idea of what teaching was. Small class, kids are very well behaved. They like never got out of hand. They listened. It was like, and I knew immediately, I was like for my first placement, I mean, I got basically like the best kids to get. Right. But at the same time, that's bad for me. Because it gave you a bad idea of what you were gonna walk into. I mean, I knew that I had had the best group, but I was, I guess, a little upset because I felt like I'm not getting like experience with, you know, the the demographic that I'm probably going to end up working with. Yeah. And it was, it was a good, very positive time for me. Um, the cooperating teacher that I had, um, she's amazing and we still keep in touch, um, all the time. But she, um, you know, really had some good things to offer as far as like strategies, um, even that I use today. So I think that, like, you know, life kind of puts where you need to be. I think at that time, I needed to be there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of just don't question it. Like, you you fall into wherever you need to be at that time. And you might not understand it right away, but eventually you will. It's kind of going with the flow. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you're 23 now? Yes. At what point did you decide, I'm going to be a teacher? Well, I think it was kind of two different times in my life. Um, When I was younger, like in grade school, um, there was one time where they had kind of like buddies. You were in like fourth grade and... You had like a first grade buddy and you'd go down and you'd like read a book to him that you picked out. Like a mentor type thing? Yeah. And like a lot of those kids, you know, struggling readers. So they, they, and they like to be read to. Mm-hmm. So um, I had this, this boy and I mean, like I wanted a girl just because <laughs> I'm a girl, but we ended up just hitting it off like right away and I bring in Dr. Seuss books for him and we'd laugh and I think the one book I brought him was the foot book and so after we got done reading it we are like let's count all the feet in the book oh nice it was like way too many (laughs) and it's kind of creepy but you know it was fun like he enjoyed it and I think that that was like one moment where I was like wow I really want to be a teacher um but then I feel like a lot of my family my extended family are teachers Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like no like rebelling against what I kind of knew, already knew I wanted to go into. Yeah, so Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and like college was a weird time when I first got there. I was undecided. 
I was thinking I might do it, but I didn't want to like, I wasn't ready to just fully commit. Um, so did you, did you go to UT? Yeah. Okay. So I bounced around majors a couple times and yeah, uh, they make it real easy for you to bounce around. <laughs> so. Yeah. It was like very undecided easy. and then it's like, Oh, you want to be this other kind of undecided? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that, that undecided, this undecided, just basically taking classes that I was interested in, but also were kind of like more core classes. So eventually, um, one semester, I had a friend who, they were more of like a science-y math type major. Mm -hmm. Not sure exactly what it was, but they were writing a paper for comp two. And I looked at it and I was just like, no, this is not good. Like, we need to fix something. <laughs> and I sat down with them and, you know, like, said, hey, like, you know, we can edit this, we can edit this, you can change this around. Just made a couple of suggestions. And they're like, you know, you're, you're like pretty good at this. And I was like, yeah. And then at the same time in that semester, I was in like a writing intensive course. So I was writing papers like pretty much every week. And that's when I kind of knew, I was like, yeah, I like writing, but I also like helping others. So I was just like, man, let's do it. I guess I'll just be education. Oh. <laughs> like, like, I've avoided it for way too long, so we gotta do it. I have to know, like, I know, I just, I mean, my sister's a teacher, I know people who are teachers, and I hear them be told the same thing all the time, uh, especially in this generation, like, teacher's salary is so low compared to the work you put in. Is that something, like, were you kind of bared down on by people when you chose that as your profession? Yeah. People try to steer you away from that because of the... Yes, all the time. It took me a long time to just stop listening to people. I think it was more when I got to be, like, student teaching, like, actually taking over the class um, last year that I finally just kind of, like, stopped getting any, like, pushback from anybody. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it was, like, anybody specific. I think it was more or less, like, people I met. Like, my family's always been extremely supportive of me, and I'm lucky for that. They're, like, very grounded people, so they're like, you know, hey, there's going to be these kinds of obstacles you're going to face, like, and you're ready for that. Like, we know you can handle it, but are you ready for it? Yeah, that's just how they are. But I think when people are like, oh, a teacher, really? Like, I had somebody laugh at me. They're like, you could never be a teacher. Well, guess what? Here I am, so hmm. screw you. <laughs> Did you tell anybody I told you so? Um, no. Was it hard? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one person specifically. You know, there's still that urge to like contact them and be like, I mean, here's your chance. <laughs> do you feel like, I told you. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like you have job security? I mean, I know that you are kind of a less of a tenured uh, position right now. Um, where you are, uh, I guess on the totem pole, do you feel like you have job security as a teacher? Not necessarily at your school, but just period. Um, when I was in the interview process this summer, there were definitely a lot of positions that 
I interviewed for. So I think as far as like looking for jobs, they're they're out there. Um, I think it depends on your location, for sure. Um, I got an offer from a school district in Florida and a school district in Arizona who are, they're just dying for teachers, dying. Mm -hmm. They're begging people to come down there. But like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to stay up here. I mean, in Toledo, like overall, the cost of living. Job-wise or you mean just because of the Toledo um, itself and family? Both, I mean, like if you're, there's like a, quite a, there's a couple of districts in this area so you know that if you don't like one, you could always move to, you have the possibility right. to move to a different one. Um, but also, you know, like, it's hard to just pick up your life and go halfway across the country. Yeah. Especially when, you know, I in, in my case, my family's so grounded here. Mm-hmm. Like, we've lived here a couple generations, so it's not, it's easy to just pick up and move. Yeah, Joe tried that once. <laughs> did you? My my next question was gonna be: uh, Do you think that your job's worth relocating? Um, I think if I got like a good offer, yeah, I think it would be. Where? Where? I mean, where? Where, where do you consider wow. your offer? Because obviously, you turned down Florida. You turned no. down Arizona. Well, was it just wrong time, wrong place? Um, I think. Whenever a district's just like going to have one interview with you and offer you a job, that's kind of like a red flag. Red flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that I didn't think about it. I mean, I have I obviously like looked at the information that they gave me about the school. I do have some family in Florida, um, but just when push came to shove, it was like my money's not there. I don't know anybody down there. Yeah. I'd be living on my own. You know. Just yeah, there were so many cons. It's definitely not a slam dunk. Like if if anyone's that desperate, like it's it's normal to be weary of why the offer is coming so quickly. Like yeah, like I'm newly graduated. You don't have any experience, really. It's yeah, just, yeah, I wouldn't have gone either. <laughs> I was just, and I knew that in those districts, you know, they're just they're looking, they're so desperate. So, is there a specific place, a specific school? That you would, if 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 the superintendent of all superintendents came to you and said, "Okay, pick a school. Where do you want to teach?" Is there one school that you specifically want to teach? And Hogwarts doesn't count. (gasps) You read my mind. (laughs) But if there's an actual school (laughs) anywhere, it doesn't have to be just in this country. Is there one that you specifically have thought about? Like, man, it'd be awesome to teach there. Not, not really. Xavier School for the Gifted. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, the school explodes every year. I don't, I don't think so. Not that I can think of. I mean, there's really, there's benefits to working. If you have a good staff mm-hmm. and you have students who want to learn, maybe they don't show you the correct way, mm-hmm. but they want to learn, I mean, that's definitely the place I want to be. I can't name a specific school, but I can't say that so it's more those about are factors area. that I look for. More about the people that you're working with rather mm-hmm. than where you are. Yeah, because that definitely makes it or breaks it. Okay. 
do you feel like you will? I know that this this question is kind of hard for you. You just started, but do you feel like you'll retire from this? I don't. I don't know. Um, I think that that kind of depends. I mean, not. Uh, I, <laughs> I've not had a lot of time, but um, you know, just <laughs> people keep saying, you know, masters, masters, and I'm like, ah. Let's uh, pump the brakes here a little bit. I just got into a job. Um, but, you know, that, it just kind of depends on my experiences at the school I'm in. Right. My experiences are going to drive what I do. So if it does, okay, I would be fine with it. And if not, then that's just what happens. And it doesn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I know that sounds weird, but... No, no, I definitely get it. I mean, I'm glad that you have that open mind where you are in your career and not like, oh, yep, I'm, yeah, this is it, this is it. Like, you know, you understand that new information will be presented tomorrow and yeah. the next day and the next day, and that's mm-hmm. going to affect how you continue forward. Yeah, and at every, like, possible moment, you know, like, my parents are just like, you know, like, you can, you're young, you can just change your mind it's okay and like it's it's not wrong to have a second guess or to decide this just isn't the path that I feel like I'm going on mm-hmm. so I know you're very family oriented um, your your parents did you say they're teachers um, not my parents but a lot of my extended family on okay. my dandar side okay are teachers and some on the laney too. Um, just not as many on that side. Do you think that had some influence on you eventually finding this path? Yeah, yeah. I think um, like many of the teachers on both sides of my family are people that I've just always looked up to, always been around, um, had things in common with. Mm-hmm. Like, like you just know sometimes that like you want to be like them. I don't know if necessarily that's like why I chose. I mean, I definitely chose it because I like working with kids right. and I like feeling helpful to, to anybody. Um, but definitely they're like caring people. They, they're always lending a hand to somebody and I, and I really like that and appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. I considered education a lot growing up, but I mean, both my parents are educators and then I guess where you you didn't let your rebel side shine out, I'm just like, nah, I'm gonna be a huge rebel. I'll teach some kids how to read, but that's about <laughs> it. maybe I'll start a podcast that teaches people what jobs are really like. Maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> that, that'll be that the end of it. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> um, do you, I wanna know about your lunch, like your free time and your lunch. Your kids obviously take lunch at the same time every day, but are you ever like hectic during that time or do you get to sit down and just smash? <laughs> um, yeah, I, my lunch time is from 1215 until 1255. Exactly. I have to be there <laughs> at the lunch t- table at 1255, ready to pick them up. Um, well, for me, I see it as like a downtime, like a cool off time. So whatever happened in the morning, it's, it's good to just kind of take a break from it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I find myself like reading something on my phone, doing something that I like. If I need to get to do, if I need to do something during that time, I, I do it. 
but generally I try to make sure that that's like a cool off time. Um, and also at that time, it's a good time to connect with um, the other fifth grade teacher. Hey, this is how this morning went. Um, these were just a couple of things I maybe noticed about a couple of students or, hey, I have a question about this real quick. Um, that's a good time to catch up. And, uh, you know, and she can do the same with me. So, um, but, you know, we have the advantage of we're very close to a few restaurants. There's a few restaurants that deliver. So there's always some sort of good food to look forward to. And, you know, I like good food. So, so what time do your kids get out like for the day? Um, our dismissal starts at 3.30. Um, but some buses will come as late as 4. Okay. So I'm... I'm on the clock until four, unless I have after school tutoring. So normally you get to leave at four. Yeah, I can leave at four. I can leave at four. That so doesn't mean that I do. At what point do you make lesson plans? Um, th this is gonna sound bad. This isn't really what I want. In this is not how I intend for it to be. Gather yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, my idea is, is that I would like to make them during the week, during my planning time. However, <laughs> something always like happens right. um, during my planning time. It, it, it just never fails. Like it, sometimes I'll have to have my kids because like their special teacher hasn't been there or we have like an assembly. It's like, my planning time has been real messed up. So I've been doing it a lot over the weekend. Um, Cause all our lesson plans are due on Monday. Okay, but every Monday you have to turn your lesson Yeah, plans. every Monday, so. Hmm. So do you spend a lot of time at home with paper grading, lesson plans and the such? Yeah. <laughs> are you supposed to? I, I can tell you that my mom, growing up, my mom did all that stuff at home. Oh all yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember that. I mean, I would help her grade papers. Probably wasn't supposed to. Really, like you need a team. <laughs> like, um, I have. Do you have one of those little easy graders? That little like, slide, little slide grade. I don't. I've what? seen them, but I don't have one. I need to get one. Christmas is coming up. <laughs> yeah, everybody, crowdfund me <laughs> like a, a grading thing. Those things are a lifesaver. I mean, there's probably a, they're like two dollars. They're probably yeah, well, there's definitely there, an app. There's yeah. definitely grading apps. Um, I know that like there's one where you can take a picture of their like multiple choice tests and it'll grade each individual page for you. Like I, I feel like I've gotten some strategies that gets grading, especially tests done faster. But really, um, yeah, it's like constant grading, and sometimes you just. Sometimes you, I find myself like, because I'm just so overwhelmed all the time, I'm like, okay, well, like, what's the most important things that we did? What did we take the most time on? What is really going to show what the kids know and put that in as like a grade and make sure that that's done as opposed to something that's like, did you answer these questions? Okay, like, just whatever. <laughs> Because we do a lot of work in class. Like, I want to make sure that they get a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. But not all practice should be, like, graded. And sometimes, you know, like, and I think that I've been trying to implement it a little bit more is that, like, self-grading piece. Like, let's just look over our answers real quick. We did this. Maybe you did this on your own or with a partner. But 
let's just see how you're doing and then have them like rate themselves on the back like I make them like write a statement hey I'm feeling pretty confident about this I got all the answers right hey I still am kind of struggling with it I I don't know any of this at all you know just writing Mm -hmm. something or even like something as so simple as an emoji Mm -hmm. I use emojis with the fifth graders all the time like on a daily basis (laughs) so um because it's something that they understand it's something that they like it shows how they feel but also when you think about that um it's setting themselves up to like monitor their own feelings and like their skill level at a young age which mm-hmm. I, th- I feel is very important. Um, you have to be able to sit back and think like, okay, how am I doing this? How can I be, how can I do it better? That's just a skill that you need in life. And it doesn't matter if you're five or 85. Oh, yeah. It so, can be yeah, self-assessment beneficial. is super important for, I mean, adults. And I, I would imagine children, especially, uh, just being being aware of your shortcomings and understanding that like it is possible to fix them is probably yeah. a really important life skill that I don't think that uh, educators really focused on at all when we were in school. It was, was kind of just like, well, and you don't get it, I guess. Yeah, and that's kind of like the social emotional piece, um, where you're kind of trying to like be able to change your mindset. Like if you know that bad things are happening like you have the power to change it Mm -hmm. you have the power to just not just sit back and be like i can do anything yeah the world the world (laughs) the world is ending i can do nothing to stop it Mm -hmm. yeah like i can't sit in my seat for more than five minutes well you can Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're choosing not to (laughs) you're definitely able to you physically can but Mm -hmm. you're choosing not to so what's it like trying to take time off uh, either for like, let's say you have a last second, you're absolutely too sick to be around the kids, or you're trying to put in a week to go do something extravagant. Um, actually, my second week of teaching, <laughs> <laughs> I actually got really sick. Um, and the our school leader actually knew about it. Like he had seen me the day prior and was like, "You need to." Uh, you need to get that looked at. Yeah. You need to figure it out. You did not bring that around the kids. Yeah, and I, I feel like um, I have a fantastic school leader, and he is very, very, like, integrated into just, like, what are the kids doing? What's the staff doing? How can I be a part of this all the time? More than I've seen any other principal, school leader, at any school that I've ever been in, whether I've learned there or I've taught there I mean he is absolutely fantastic there's like not enough nice things I could say about this guy um but yeah he was you know if he knows you're sick like he it's fairly easy to take time off um all you have to do is put in that day like paid time off um I'm lucky because um I have a paraprofessional in my room which is basically just somebody who is there to help um, and specifically, like, with subjects like reading, language arts, and math. Um, and he actually is licensed as a sub. So he can sub in for me or other teachers on days when they're absent. Like, um, so in fifth grade, if somebody's absent, like, he definitely can take over. If I have a meeting about a student, um, maybe for 
with a parent or with the principal or for an IEP just to assess, you know, what the student's needs. It's, hey, could you take 15 minutes to watch the class? He's that licensed sub so that you know that you're you're covered. Um, as far as like taking off more time, um, you have to get, where I work, you have to get it approved ahead of time. And um, I heard, I haven't had to do it, but I've heard that it can take a while to get the okay. Um, but I haven't heard of anybody being like denied. So that's, that's good. What, what, can I, what is a school leader? Oh, basically a principal. What's the, is there, what was the difference? Um, well, I work at a charter school, okay. so I think just in this in the charter school that I work with work at, um, the group that owns it, they just choose to call them school leaders yeah, instead they, they of principals. Like, they like that language a little better. Yeah, and I more like marketable. It. I like it because I really do feel like if you have a strong leader, um, that changes the entire dynamic of yeah, it's, you know wherever you work and that's just not in education that's been with other jobs that i've worked at too it definitely sounds like somebody used their marketing speak pretty heavy on that <laughs> school leader school leader do you did you go through a period where you were a substitute no um i didn't think so that's what i was <laughs> curious to me yeah um i well i think in april I did apply to be a sub. Um, I did go through an initial interview to be a sub. I had a second interview lined up and then I got a job. So I was like, well, we're good. <laughs> I guess a misconception for me then, I was under the impression that everybody did a year of subbing before they became a teacher. Not, not required. Do you think there was some kind of like apprentice program, like, a, like an apprenticeship program? That you, I you, thought that, you that, that was, a, did it used to be a thing? I mean, as far as I know, it's just that you needed to go through like your, your educator program. So I needed to go through three methods courses, not only like in the classroom, but also like observing and teaching and then do your final student teaching. And if you graduate and you and you get your licensure appropriately, I don't know if that is something that maybe you have in the past. I've never heard of it. Um, many people who graduate like in December, so there's a whole slew of people who just graduated. Um, many of them are at, they'll be in education. Um, they are going to get sub jobs because it's going to be really hard to find a full-time position in the middle of the, in the, year. Middle of the year. Yeah, There's going to be a couple spots, but not yeah, like usually somebody's going to like, die or get married or be sick. Yeah. Or, or move. Yeah. So, um, yeah, know. I went the morbid way just like die, <laughs> death and sickness. That's the way I would have thought of it too. And the only reason I could think of was because a move was because I've had teachers, teachers move. Boy. So I think maybe when I was a kid, uh, the demand was, was higher. Was, yeah. Like I feel like there was a lot more people trying to fill those positions back then. There were hoops that had to be jumped through. Yeah. And now I feel like maybe it's because like the things we talked about, like, Oh, teacher salary, teacher salary. Like I don't, I don't think I heard of that a lot when I was a kid, but I hear it. Oh, I know. I, yeah. I, we know we heard it. Tell me your kids. Yeah. Teachers always want to watch the highlight. 
Teachers will always tell you how they don't make any money. I don't know. I, I mean, know. I've talked to, I mean, I work in a charter school, and as a first year in a charter school, I recently talked to a friend of mine. She's been teaching for four years in a Catholic school, and she makes lo- less than me. Really? Yeah, after even that amount of time, she makes, I, I didn't tell her how much I made, but I was just like, how much? And she told me the number, and I was like, wow, I've got it pretty good. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think that you would ever uh, date somebody in your line of work, like another teacher? Yeah. 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 Well, obviously, I guess <laughs> I guess for you, I, your schedule is automatically going to be super simple. Yeah. You guys can go vacation wherever you like in the, in in the, the summer. summer. You're going to line up pretty well. Uh, do you do you think that more teachers choose the uh, pay plan of spreading it out the entire year, or do you see more people choose to get paid? across nine months, the larger amount, and then find secondary uh, opportunities during the other three months? I haven't, I don't, I don't really know because I just haven't been in it. Mm-hmm. Um, from some of the teachers I know, they'll have like summer jobs. Like I already have my summer job lined up. Um, so I've heard of them just doing like, like one of the teachers I worked with, he's, did like lawn work, um, but I, I think it really just depends. I think a lot of like moms definitely mm-hmm. like having the summer off because they get to spend it with their kids. With they their get kid, to do all those kids. fun things. Um, some pe- some people go on like a very long vacation, like a month. Um, though, like I've heard of people doing that where. Maybe the husband saves up a bunch of his time, takes two or three weeks off in the summer, and they go somewhere for an extended amount of time. Um, I think that as far as salary goes, um, that's the biggest argument against why teachers should make more. Um, Because I've been reading online a lot of articles, and just not, I don't ever respond, but you know, it's just interesting to see what people have to say. And I think that people who are like proponents of, not proponents, but they don't agree that teachers should make more because they're like, well, they basically don't work in the summer. And I don't really, I don't know, it, it depends on where you work. Um, I know that the, where I work, we'll go like three weeks out and we'll start three weeks early. But that might be like, you know, PDs, that's time to get your classroom ready. So that is a lot of time. And then the amount of summer that you actually have is shortened. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on where you work. I really I really think that. So what's the worst trouble you ever got into at work? <laughs> I don't think <laughs> Or you know, pick a pick a fun story. A fun story? Um, hmm. I mean, it's got to be <laughs> it's got to be easy to slip up. Um, yeah, yeah. Room full of kids on your toes so much of the time. It's got to be easy to just accidentally slip. Okay, I guess um, the other day was our last day, and 
I don't remember. I was talking to my para though, and there was a student around me. I didn't realize that he was like looking at my face. Um, and I made the movement with my mouth to say like the word shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was saying it. I just remember. And he looked at me and he goes, you were gonna say it. Like mm. he's, he's always like very like watchful of like what I do. You know, he, he's one of my kids that likes to help. He, mm-hmm. he wants to pass out papers. He wants to, Miss Dandar, can I lift anything for you? Can I take the garbage out to the, to this place? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go for it. So he's always like hovering around my desk, even though his desk is not near my desk. Would you call him the teacher's pet? No. No. And he likes he likes just being helpful. Yeah. Like um and I've like even I said to like other teachers, like, hey, like he is very helpful and I know at lunch there's like um we have like a lunch person, they deal with the garbage, he will stay after and help them with the garbage, which is like never a job that I ever wanted to do. But mm-hmm. if that's what he likes, like, you know, a lot of and it's just, specifically boys, um, like our troublemakers, like we try and find like things for them to do because they're like, hey, maybe not not everybody's forte is school. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Um, not everybody likes school. Some do, but some don't. Um, I found that we got a group of boys together. We were moving like a cabinet into my room and I've never seen them take direction and listen, except for like that moment, because <laughs> they're like, okay, guys, and they would work together, and you know, it was just like things that with like a practical application, mm-hmm. moving big boxes for them of copy paper. That's some. That's one of our kids in the fifth grade's job, yeah. and he gets to pick like two friends. Um, and I mean, it's not just guys too; it'll be girls. We have some mm-hmm. very strong, athletic girls too who like to do that sort of thing. So. It's nice to see that they can help out more than just, here's some paper, mm-hmm. guys. You know, it's like, hey, we can help out around the school. And I have two students in particular who they came up with the idea that they really wanted to go around after recess and clean up a bunch of litter on their playground. You know, just volunteered to do it, didn't ask anybody, and just told the principal, hey, this is something we want to do two of the, the sweetest, nicest girls. And then I kind of felt bad because their job was taken away because we were trying to come up with more like positive things as, instead of like a punishment, you know, like things that get kids actually doing something. And one time I had a group of students who were being like really, really bad. And they took them out to clean up garbage and it they just ended up loving it. And I was like, this isn't exactly what I expected. Yeah. Like, I want you to realize that you're doing something that's bad, but they like doing things that are helpful to pe- to help people and help the school. So I always was one of those kids that I tried to be like a good role model, but other kids find it in a different way. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. Kids are kids are all real different. Yeah. So I know you said that like. When you were younger, you kind of led into feeling that you wanted to be a teacher. 
But did you ever have a dream job as a kid that was something outside of this? I I always found that I, as a kid, I really just lacked direction. Yeah. Not not in like, not like I was a kid who was like, oh, I don't know. I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I wanted to do. Like. Mm. Like, a lot of kids are like, I want to be a president. I'm like, that would be way too hard to be a president. (laughs) Like, I knew that, like, very young. I was like, you know, I want to be an astronaut. I'm like, well, but there's problems with it. Mm. You know, and so I feel like I've just always been very realistic. That can be a good thing and a bad thing. (laughs) You know, I think that, I think as I get older, there's some things where I'm like, wow, that would be a dream job. Mm-hmm. But if you were to, if you could switch to any career right now, what would you pick? Um, I guess for my master's, I've been thinking a lot about like counseling. Um, like how I like I like helping kids where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like teaching, but I like the relationships that like you build with other people Mm -hmm. and especially when they're positive you know if the kid feels safe and comfortable you're going to get a lot more out of that kid than you are if they don't feel safe and comfortable with you and having what 50 some kids maybe I'm not sure how many I have you know it it can be difficult in a room when there's 20 some other kids Mm -hmm. trying to give somebody individual attention um and that's something I, I've always had somebody to support me. I've always been lucky that way. Not everybody's that lucky. So that's just been something that I've been thinking of. Um, just, but anything where really I work with people and I enjoy it, that's like a dream job for me. When I can work with people going every day and be excited to see them and be excited to see all the people I work with. Yeah, like a community job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, do you, is there any other grade that you would prefer to teach? Yeah, a 10 year old's got to be rough, right? <laughs> my, well, my fifth graders, behavior wise, like in their choices in the classroom, they're immature, but in their attitudes and their interests, they're very mature. I have a very good idea of what fifth grade is because that's when Josh and I met. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they're similar interests to the seventh graders I taught last year. Um, and some of the things I know are even beyond what those kids knew. <laughs> um, you know, every day I'm shocked at what age. I hear. Yeah. Um, or just interesting conversations you overhear you're like wow you're 10 Ooh, mm-hmm. more 10 yeah or like some misconceptions that they have that are like hilarious um but no i like i like fifth grade i've worked i worked with fifth grade last year um in student teaching because i was split i was in seventh and fifth grade mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny because like i end up with kind of like in between there with this fifth grade group. Um, and I worked with fourth grade before. So I think for me so far, I have enjoyed working with the lower end of the middle grades, the four or five. 
Um, but I know just work from my time in student teaching, um, when I worked with seventh graders and then I even observed eighth graders too and, you know, talked with them. I, I do get along with them very well. So I, you know, I kind of, I think my field observation person at UT said it best. She was like, some people are really, really like four or five. Some people really like the seven, six, seven, eight. She was like, Susan, you are the only person that I know who can get in front of both great age groups and you just, you just like to teach. You just like to be there. So. So you think you could even do like high school? Um, I think that, yeah, I think I could teach high school. A, a couple of times I asked myself, why am I doing um, social studies and English language arts? I could really just be doing English language arts because that's what I feel most confident in. Mm -hmm. But I, I think in the end I picked what was right for me. I think in the end. Um, yeah, and, and 15 and 16 year olds are bullies. I wouldn't want to be around high school kids all day. Yeah, right. Those kids are terrible. So I, I have an interesting, like, I have a lot because um, the cohorts that I was in, they were mixed. So middle grades and um, students who were in AYA, which is adolescent young adult education, um, who are like essentially your high school teachers, mm. um, they had a lot of like interesting stories too. Stories that weren't too far off from the seventh and eighth graders. Some of them were like a little bit more severe, but um, a lot of those people that I, you know, went to school with, I'm still in touch with and, you know, I'll hear from them like, hey, just like a fun story. Oh, yeah, like, I, yeah, it's gotta be, <laughs> it's gotta be. Like, I'm just thinking about it. And if school were anything like, like especially high school or anything like it was when we were in high school, as a teacher, you see like 120 kids a day. Mm -hmm. They're all a bunch of walking boners. People are getting <laughs> pregnant. Like, they're all awkward. <laughs> no one knows how to talk to anyone else. They're writing to their really weird, gross notes. Mm -hmm. Everyone's covered in everyone else's spit. Like, I don't want to be around that. I was there once. I didn't like it then. I can tell you, like, what you described, like, many of those just apply to, like, any. <laughs> any, any, any school? Like, <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny too because our guest tomorrow is a high school teacher. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be fun to see the contrasts there. Yeah. Yeah, and the similarities. I think, I think, yeah. I think more, more than anything, the similarities about the weird stuff. I think one thing that really bothers me is personal space. So, like, the kids know when they're supposed <laughs> to be in their seat. Mm -hmm. And um, classroom management is always like a big problem for me. I mean, just because I'm a first year teacher and I'm struggling with consistency. That's like my problem. But every day I try to be consistent. There's been days where like I will literally just get mobbed with like fifth graders. Like imagine like it's just a sea of fifth graders around you. I, I've just been like, ah, take a step back, get away from me, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> and like, when they're all up like around you and like you know a lot of them still learning their personal hygiene yeah and then when they get excited, and, they're probably all over their place yeah they're running around they oh every day just every day is something new so you know 
they're still learning personal hygiene. Um, but I keep things like deodorant, like little mini deodorant that you can get for a dollar or whatever in the travel. And I've had kids say, Miss Standard, can I have some deodorant? Like, do you have like an extra toothbrush? You know, and that's good that they feel comfortable enough to mm -hmm. come up to me and say, I forgot to do this this morning. I really need to do it. Help me out here. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's, if there's anything, as long as, if they feel comfortable talking to me, that's good. The problem is when they feel too comfortable talking to me and they want to talk to me literally all day. Mm. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Do you feel more comfortable talking to the girls or the boys? Um... Yeah, because around tens with all that, that, the difference starts to matter. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, I think that at first, the girls were a lot more willing to talk with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely felt like the boys were sort of like hesitant, like I don't know this lady, like she looks like really young, and then you know we're like talking, introducing each other like we're learning about each other many of them are like i have sisters who are older than you I'm like great <laughs> um but i think um over time many of them like were more willing to open up there were a couple different situations that specific situations that happened um where you know like a student was you know in in, a, in trouble not in trouble but just having problems and needed to open up to somebody immediately and like I was there and so they were willing to talk and um, actually we were going over like our our goals mm -hmm. for behavior to get to camp and one of the students like he stood up to read his response and was like well I'll be honest at, at first I wasn't really sure about you and <laughs> And this class, and I didn't really think that I would like it that much, but, you know, I came around, and I do like this class, and I do like you, and so I was like, okay, well, that's good to hear. Like, some of them just needed some time, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them put up a front. I have one student in particular who, like, I, I literally could not get him to talk to me for two months. Just wouldn't talk to me and even now it's we're still struggle mm -hmm. but he is starting to come around you know just just a little bit and if it's just a little bit every day then that's better than nothing yeah so. i mean even the smallest river made the grand canyon what's the weirdest thing you ever had to confiscate oh man yeah I had stink bombs in fifth grade. Hmm. Um. Combs. Definitely. I've had to confiscate so many combs. Really? Hair picks, combs. <laughs> like, oh. way too many. That's the weird thing, though? Or is it just weird how many you've had to take? Like, how many? Yeah. Like, I'm going through, and I'm going through, like, my student teaching experience, there were several, and then I'm going through, like, this year, and there's, and it's not from girls, it's always from guys, like, they've got their picks, they've got 
their comb just stuck randomly in the back of their hair. They're in <laughs> class, like, doing their hair. I'm like, what? what are you doing? Well, hang on. Like, they're like, look good. some, um, I'm trying to think if, if there's something else. Hmm. Like, uh, some notes I've had to confiscate. Were a little weird. Did you read yeah. them? Yeah. Do you read them when you take them? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. But do you read them out loud when you take no. them? No. Yeah, because yeah, I could probably not. probably can't. You'd mortify those people. Uh, no, like, uh, I could not say the words that I saw on the paper. Oh, shit. No, not yet. Tell us. Uh, uh, you're not proud of Sam, right? Not, not yeah. <laughs> proud of the mic. Oh, uh, man. Definitely some interesting, interesting notes. Yeah. Um, there was like one I'm thinking of in particular. Oh, there was, on, no there was some, I have seen some um, very detailed anatomy. Yeah, drawings? Not this year. But oh, hilarious. Some very, very, very detailed. <laughs> like, too detailed. Yeah. Like schematics. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure how you know that. It's like, wait, is that really there? Like, we were all, like, there was, like, a just a group of us teachers, and there was no name on it, but we knew, like, kind of, like, who might be the culprit. We were doing, like, handwriting tests. <laughs> <laughs> Handwriting analysis, got a whole squad going. (laughs) We've got like the FBI on the phone. Oh man. Um, No, and uh, yeah, and we were all like just because there were several teachers and we're all like looking at it like, okay, it could be this person, this person, or this person. Very, very detailed. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, Would you you do it all again? Yeah. 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 So you like it though. Yeah, definitely. That's good. definitely. I this year, this first little half of my first year teaching has definitely been very, very stressful. It's been a lot of like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I'm like, okay, if I show up every day and our back like trailer, it's like a portable attached to the school. If it doesn't burn down that's a good day and not everybody ends up at the dean's office like yeah that's kind of a good day and i don't end the day crying yeah so. yeah that's always a good way one, one last question if you could obviously there's a lot of things you have very specific guidelines with what you are allowed to teach and use as education if you had no guidelines and there's one thing that you want to tell these kids that that maybe you're not allowed to right now, something that you want like to teach them, what would it be? Um I mean, I don't think I'm necessarily not allowed to teach them this. Um I guess I just wish that there were more opportunities to do this with them is that like just allowing the kids to do what they like and follow it like not every kid likes learning about the Native Americans that we're learning about like I get it a lot of my students they like they're very very talented group my homeroom actually won 
like out of the five kids that won the talent show, four of them were in my homeroom. Like they're very, very talented kids. You know, like I just wish that there were more opportunities for them to like actually use their talent in an appropriate way and sh- be able to show it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's such an emphasis on we have to make sure that we that the students know this and this and this and this for tests. But there's not really a whole lot of time to like have that freedom, to have that free time for the where they can be creative or they can do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where the differentiation piece comes in. But even with that, you know, it's like many kids just don't even want to be there. So if school could just be a place where that they could come and learn on their own and practice something that will actually be like something that they use in their life, whether, you know, it could be singing, it could be dancing, it could be writing creatively. I have many students that love to write stories Mm -hmm. or just draw, you know, I wish that there was more time for it, but there's not, but just to basically follow what you're interested in because it will guide you where you need to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think having your passions nurtured in early age is super important. Um, and a lot of people don't really get that opportunity because it's not uh, always encouraged. Yeah, and whenever I hear them singing or like doing dancing or something, like I say, hey guys, like I love that you're singing. I always say that. I love that you're singing or dancing or drawing mm-hmm. but there's a time and a place for it and it's not right now mm-hmm. or like i'll give them time at the end of the day to dance or do the mannequin challenge or whatever kind of challenge is what yeah whatever youtube's doing <laughs> yeah whatever whatever dance challenge or whatever so I, i'm always trying to i think and that's tough for teachers to really make sure that you show that you care and it's through that positivity and like with my mentor teachers like i've been working on like being more positive like you will get so much more if you are more positive Mm -hmm. um so yeah you you catch more flies with honey honey and the vinegar yeah yeah but sometimes you need the the vinegar (laughs) Maybe a nice honey vinegar solution. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, here's where we we're pretty much done with the, the show proper. Okay. Uh, we take this time to just shoot back and forth. Yeah, I take a few minutes here at the end to kind of just hit you with some questions that we wouldn't normally ask. Okay. Um, Maybe not about your job per se. Okay. Or just More about you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I always start. And I always start with the same question, and it's never going to change. Um, and that question is, well, I guess more like a, a request. A request. Okay. Tell me, or us, about your first kiss. Oh, God. <laughs> you oh, have God. To say, you don't have to say anybody's name. Uh, uh, yeah. No. It was freshman year. It was a good time. It was. was 14, 14, 15. Yeah, I think I was at date night. It was like a date night dance. Okay. It was probably like the first. Like I ne- I didn't go to, get to go to homecoming because mm. we didn't have homecoming, and I never got asked. So, 
for no at Notre Dame it was like your opportunity to ask a guy to like homecoming, except it was on Valentine's Day. It's like a Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're painting me a very romantic picture in my head right now. Yeah. So <laughs> had a boyfriend. We'd like held hands. Excellent. Um. It it was like happening. It, it was okay. It was fine. You know, it was good. And then like I don't know if like. Like, my image was that it would be just very quick and very happy. Mm-hmm. And that, and it started out that way. And then, you know, like, he put his tongue in my mouth, and that's when I just, like, literally ran out the door. <laughs> like, I literally ran, and I went up to somebody, and I was like, um, like, that's not how it was supposed to go. <laughs> so, Did you know um, what this was? That was? Uh, yeah. That's and, perfect. I mean, and now he's, like, he's gay, and... That's totally cool. Do you think that has a... No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Joe. Well, I hope not. You know, I'm... I would have you know, we, zero we, to do with that kiss. We broke up and we were very good friends for for a long time after mm-hmm. that. And he's doing really well now, so... I don't... Yeah. Yeah, I have this habit where I just don't talk to any of the girls I've ever kissed before in my life, so... It's a lot of girls that just don't talk to anymore. <laughs> you just like avoid them. Like, yeah, I just like it. Like you don't exist to me anywhere. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. If no, you I'm just kidding. Got to plan your. The, the school comes to you and says, "Plan the field trip." Oh shit. What do you plan? Aquarium. We're going. <laughs> aquarium. Any aquarium or just the aquarium here? Mm, no, not the aquarium here. That. Well, first of all, I work at the zoo. And yeah, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> I know. But the kids, one of my kids um, at the school I work at, I almost said the name, um, he said to me, and I quote, there's no aquarium at the zoo. And I looked at him and I go, then where did I spend half of my summer at? Like, <laughs> there's no aquarium. No, I like, I really, really like aquariums. I think that they're super cool. Um, is that the section you work at in the zoo? Um, sometimes I work in the touch tank at the aquarium. Um, sometimes I do the dive shows, so I ask the diver that's in the tank questions over a mic. Um, but, yeah, so I do spend quite a bit of time in the aquarium. And then my other time is, like, at Nature's Neighborhood or um, on a polar bear tour. Like, I can do okay. a polar bear tour. Nice. So. Um, you work there throughout the year, too? Uh, just in the summer. Just in the summer. So, yeah, I definitely would say an aquarium because I like the ones where you can, like, actually, like, it's like a tunnel and there's, like, water all around you. Yeah, you're basically super cool, like, underwater. Yeah, and I think that for the kids that I work with, that's not something that they'll probably ever see. Mm -hmm. Or if they do see it, they'll see it, like, once or twice in their life. So I would like to be able to give them the opportunity to to go and see that and be sort of amazed. I like it. Uh, what is your favorite dessert? My favorite what? Dessert. Dessert. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. One. <laughs> and whatever you want. Because <laughs> there's, like, a list. <laughs> I like how passionate uh, yeah. you are with uh, Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, how overwhelmed If it's are. got chocolate, if it's got peanut butter... If it's got what if strawberries. It has, what if it has chocolate and peanut butter? And strawberries. Then I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Whipped cream. Oh, uh, yeah. 
I worked at an ice cream place, an ice cream slash donut place. Like, it was bad. I'm going to experiment with everything. Hell yeah. It was awesome, though. <laughs> That's how I live my life. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. So, let's say you get abducted. Okay. Okay? Yep. And you're on your way out to outer space. What are you hoping you find when they take this blindfold off you? What are you hoping awaits you? I'm hoping that there's some, like, super cool technology that just blows my mind. Like something you can't even imagine. Like, I, like we have not even fathomed. That's not, see, that's not shit I like to hear. Yeah. Some people will be like, oh, I hope there's a ground for me to stand on. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, well, well is, I would hope that. <laughs> I mean, that's the obvious thing, but, like, no, really, it, it always, like, amazes me. When you, like, go back and you look at old movies, and then you think, like, half the shit we actually have now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you think about, like, the movies that you see now and how they portray the future. Many of them in different ways, but, like, really, like, where is technology going to go? I mean, at the rate that it progresses, I mean, my life as an eighth grader and my life now are almost completely different because of the technology that we have. Oh, yeah. I would, I would, imagine, I would so imagine they are completely different. 20 years from now? 40 years? Yeah. When we maybe die? Are we going to die? I hope Whoa. not. I want to be a cyborg. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> robot. So let's say the technology advances and your zoo manager comes to you and says, <laughs> says Susan, we have the new technology. You can now speak to animals. We need you to teach them about the life. Oh my god, I'm in. You have to pick one species of animal, and you are now the, the teacher. You're going to teach them about how to interact with humans. Okay, this is a shout out to my goat family. <laughs> I'm teaching the goats at the zoo. There's six goats. And me and my other teacher friend and my other friend Hannah, we're all going to teach the goats. You like, have a goat family. <laughs> this is the goat squad. We're going. Why, why, going. why do you love them? Okay, well, it's not that really I love them. I like lots of animals. Like, okay. I mean, I'm obviously a cat lady. But, um, so, the summer at the zoo, it just seems like, like every shift you had to work with the goats. And the goats chew everything in they're not particularly like adorable, you know, they're like just so how they are. So I actually learned quite a bit about goats and like actually they're really cool creatures. Um, I found out like, you know, cool things about like their hooves and just their stomach and just everything. And um, kind of seems to be like the place where like in the morning we kind of congregate and like talk about our day. A little bit, and I ended up becoming friends with my coworker Mitch, who's also a teacher, um, and then my friend Hannah, who um, she's currently like in her last year at UT. So we became friends there, and like we talked about the goats, and we like always came up with like just random ideas, like we should dress the goats up in pajamas, and we should have like a goat calendar, and we should make like a Parks and Recs theme show, except like it's about our work and just like, you know, they're just such cool people with good ideas. 
So we definitely, we would have the job of teaching all the goats everything. Okay. So let's say that tomorrow you wake up stranded on a desert island. What is one thing that you hope you have with you? Um, I hope that I have like no, because that's not gonna work. Um, okay, I hope. What was your first thought? Yeah. My third first thought was rope. Okay. My second thought was foam. Uh huh. My third thought is currently not coming to me right now. Um. <laughs> Well, I hope that I have maybe like a a, a flare gun. A fire yeah, like a oh, <laughs> like a like um. Yeah, a flare gun. Yeah, a flare gun. Uh huh. A flare gun. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Or or a regular gun. I don't trust myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like shoot myself. Be like checking you might, out. You may also shoot yourself with a flare gun. I. That's a, yeah. It's a bad time. Yeah, that sounds even worse. That sounds time. just as bad as a regular gun. It really does. It sounds kind of worse. <laughs> what is one thing that you feel as though your fifth graders have taught you? <laughs> they tried to teach me how to juju on the be- on that beat, that that dance. Oh, but no. I literally can only do like the first part. Can I see? It's like this. Oh, okay. What happens it's after like, that? And then, never seen the I dance? don't know, okay. it's like this, you start doing this, okay. and I don't know what happens next, but then you start something That's about your hair being nappy, and I'm just, I can do some parts, but... They try to teach you all the time? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much every, they don't, they, one of them came up to me, she's like, Miss Dana, I want to teach you how to do on that beat, I'm like, oh god. Oh. <laughs> oh god, I don't know how to do that. Oh, oh god, I'm like, oh, I'm not a dancer. I'm not coordinated. Uh-huh. No, not at all. I wasn't built for this. Uh, you have how many kids in your class? My homeroom has 21. The other homeroom has 21. So we have 42 kids. And there's just one door in your room, right? Two. Okay. Um, if your classroom is of children, are standing in between you and that door, and they're like, "Miss Dando, we're not stop. Gonna, we're not gonna let you leave this room. Do not. Do you think you could overpower these kids to get out? No. <laughs> yeah, 21 10 year olds are gonna kill you. I, I've had to hold quite a few of them back. Yeah. For reasons. What happened? <laughs> Probably fights. Ten year olds fight. Like brutally. Yeah. Like the like, ten year olds like don't know when to stop fighting. Yeah. Because, they don't stop. How many ten year olds is too many for you to get past? Five. It depends on the. It depends on the ten-year-old, though. It really does. Okay. Five ten-year-olds. Because it, some oh. of them don't look well, strong. Well, I guess and you're a lot strong. smaller than me, too. Uh, like, dude, but even you, a group of five ten-year-olds, like with bloodlust, you're you're. If they're not letting me out, like, you, they, they will. I mean, I'm imagining like there's something bad on the other side of the door, and they're trying to keep me. Or I'm jailed. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This, it depends on the circumstances. It depends on the children. 
That it's I've just straight up Lord of the Flies rules, and these kids are <laughs> oh, no. out to destroy. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm like first one gone. <laughs> yeah. No. Bye. If you had to uh, sacrifice one of your senses, uh, and in place of that, you get to heighten another sense. Which one are you giving up, and which one are you heightening? I'm giving up smelling. Oh, that sucks. Sure. Smells are good. That does suck, but I, I, I think I'd probably go the same route. Then you have to heighten taste, because then you don't lose anything. It candles. What are you heightening? I would heighten um, sight. Why? Because um, I always think that it's cool in physics when they talk to you about like the spectrum spectrum of like what our eyes can see. Yeah. The visible light spectrum. Like literally like a sliver Mm -hmm. of what actually is there. And I've always thought like when posed with the question, if you could go like explore the universe or you could explore the entire depths of the ocean, which would you choose? I ask myself the question and whoever's asking me, well that depends. Can I see the entire like wavelength? Like all the different lights, like or can I just see what I can see with my eyes? And they're like, whenever they say it, you know, it's like that's what I base my choice off of. So I think you know, it's like they say like some animals can see other colors. Like my brain can't even fathom what other colors there would be other than the colors that I can see. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's that's pretty cool. So that's why I choose sight. Heightened yeah, sight. Yeah, that opens up a whole new world. Right? Yeah, basically like. A whole new world. Yeah, not to Pocahontas. get, not to get like know. too like, nerdy with it. It is a lot. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Pocahontas is all the colors of the wind. I mean, you could have went that way. Yeah, <laughs> close. Well, actually, both. <laughs> both colors of the wind, a whole new, a whole world, new world, Aladdin. It's all good. <laughs> um, no, I was just saying, like, not to get too nerdy with it, but like, uh, there's a point in a Superman comic where he talks about all things that he can see. Like, he can see radio waves, you can see uh, radiation, like it's all visible on the spectrum to him, so he sees everything. That's sweet. Yeah, he can like, he just, like, he sees the world completely different than we see it. It's like uh, Neo in the Matrix. Neo. Gotta look Keanu Reeves. Did you have any other questions for her? No, I'm good. So we always finish this with, do you have any questions for us or either of us? Okay, that question I asked, if you could explore the universe or the bottom of the ocean, both of you. Same time? One, whoever. two, three, universe. Yeah, I feel like that's like a (laughs) no-brainer. But then on the other hand, I have had people say ocean. Well, yeah, because I mean, who doesn't want to know more about their own home? But I think like, fuck this planet, we already fucked it up, let's go fuck a different one up now. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go find a cooler one to fuck. Fuck this dimension. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go find this dimension. This whole universe. Give me give me a multiverse. I'm out of here. Universe opens up a lot. Because universe, hell, you go to a different universe, you know how many oceans you could find? So many. Why, so many. why are we limiting ourselves to so, one ocean? Like, I think there's no contest. That's some Jacques Cousteau shit. I don't want, I want nothing to do with that. The ocean of the sky. Mm-hmm. I was, um, the galaxy I ocean. teach the kids a vocabulary word that was pretty hard. That I had never seen, like used. It was in our story. It was dwarfed. 
I mean, like, I know like, the term dwarf, but I've never heard of it, like, used as, like, a verb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, so something dwarfed something else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I was like, that's just not, like, a common usage. Well, I was, like, on Instagram, and I follow NASA, mm-hmm. and, like, literally that morning, they, they posted, use that word a lot. <laughs> like, a, like a, I think it was, like, Saturn, and then it was one of Saturn's moons, and it used it in a sentence in the correct way, and so I, like, screenshotted it, sent it to my email, put it up on my smart board. I was like, guys, and I was like, and look at the universe. It looks so sweet. And they're all like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) yes, (laughs) we're using vocab (laughs) with Instagram, but it's fine. Like Saturn's moon Titan dwarfed by the planet itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's like the only, really the only time you use it. Yeah. yeah, just whenever whenever something even bigger makes something giant look small. Or you know, Pocahontas and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like she got, she get if she got dwarfed that entire movie. Face now. She got dwarfed so many times in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, that's about it. Uh, pretty much oh. this at this point, we give you the opportunity to plug anything you want to plug mm-hmm. uh, I guess in your situation it's a little bit harder because yeah being a teacher you probably have a lot of things to plug do you have like friends you want to support friends or anything or like a, I don't know, or the Toledo Zoo yeah the zoo is always good get out and visit the zoo people love that get tattoos from Johnny yeah we can all support that get tattoos or, from Johnny. or Patrick he works with Patrick too mm-hmm. Pat- you know Patrick? Patrick? Just through Johnny. Okay, because this is a weird story. Okay. A very, very odd story. We can go on an odd story. I think you will like it though. So, um, my mom's a massage therapist. Okay. She owns her own business. Um, she's very good at it. She's been around for a long time. Um, actually, that's how. This is. Okay, I'm not gonna open up that can of worms. Okay. Anyway, so um, she she kept telling me, um, I you know I'm interested in tattoos. I was like really happy for Johnny that Johnny was like getting started and he had an Instagram and I was like looking through his tattoos and so I was showing them to my mom. I was like, look at Johnny's tattoos, like they're so cool. You guys knew each other when you were little, right? Yeah, Johnny lived on my street. That's what I thought. So when he left us because he lived. He was ours first. Yeah. But when he left us, he went to you. And That's then true. he was some scraggly redhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was that a long hair. Yeah. Um, so I was like, man, these are so cool. And she was just like, oh, like, I have um, one of my clients. He's a tattoo artist. If I ever get, I know, I've seen it. Yeah, we've all had tattoos. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I was like, if I ever get a tattoo, I'm going to get it from him. Like, end of conversation. I'm like, all right, that's fair. So one day she's telling me about her, her other client, who named, whose name is Susan. She's like, she's from, like, Cleveland. She's super gorgeous. She's getting, like, her PhD in, like, health at UT. You guys would get along so well. Like, you like all the same things. Like, I hope one day you can meet her. I'm like, oh, okay. Later on, she's explaining to me that this tattoo artist and this girl, Susan, date. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's cool. And she's like, I just, one day you're going to have to meet him. And she always tells me that about, like, some clients. Like, oh, like, you just, I hope that you're friends someday. So 
one day, somebody I knew got, like, a really, really big sleeve tattoo. And, like, it looked so dope. I was like, wow. Yeah. Just pants, blown away. Pat's work is so good. So I took this thing in my mom, and I was like, Mom, I hate this guy that got the tattoo, but look at this tattoo. Like, I'm freaking <laughs> out. And she goes, hang on a second. Pulls out her phone. She whips out Tumblr. I'm like, you don't even know what Tumblr is? Like, <laughs> Mom, you're like 57 years old. Like, you're not on Tumblr. Tell me you're not on Tumblr. She goes, no, it's, it's my client's website. She starts scrolling through it. And it's like all like and then she finds like the exact tattoo that like this dude I know had and so we're like putting the pieces together and I was like okay so this guy got a tattoo from your client and then I ended up one day we were downtown it was right before school started I remember because it was like two days before I got a job and I was like literally every day crying like I can't get a job Mm -hmm. I just need a job and we went into the dirty bird and there's like this couple and the guy is drawing and she's like oh my god it's patrick oh my god it's susan and i'm like i'm right here like what are you talking about mom (laughs) well coming to find out she's like this is patrick he's attached to ours and this is his girlfriend susan that i've told you about millions of times and i'm like oh my god hey guys i feel like i know you and then I was telling him about how I know I was a like, tattoo artist. I really uh, like. I was like, I really like your tattoos, and I was like, and then I've been talking to this other tattoo artist that I've known for a long time, and his name's Johnny, and he's like, really, really, <laughs> I know Johnny. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, Pat okay. knows Johnny a little bit, yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. So I was like, it's such a weird small world, and actually, the reason why I know Johnny is because Johnny was friends with my neighbor across the street. Okay. So they went to DeVoe together. Who's your neighbor? Matt Glover. Okay. Um, I didn't go to DeVoe, so I didn't know anybody in our neighborhood. I went to Christ the King. So no. that wasn't even the local Catholic school around my area. So I didn't know anybody. But I knew Matt because I'd just known him he lived across the street for years. Mm-hmm, right. Matt's mom and my mom were both massage therapists. And okay. they'd known each other even before Matt and I were born. So it just, it goes like level by level by level mm-hmm. by level. It's that five, is a six degree separation? Except in Toledo, it's literally just one. one. degree of separation. Yeah. Yeah. One. Everyone knows everyone. It's, we, I'm trying to think. I went into El Vaquero the other day. Yeah. Literally knew three people in there. That's not a surprise. You, you can say about going in there, literally anywhere. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> you can go like, anywhere in this town and someone, dirty bird. somebody you know is there. Yeah. Yep. Um, with that being said, though, I think, did you have anything else? No, that's about it. Yeah, we're, we're already at an hour and a half, so. Yeah. Um, Just plug for Johnny's tattoos. Hit, yeah. hit up Johnny. You can hear him on another episode. Also, uh, check us out on all social media. Uh, my personal is at Joe of the Sound on Instagram and Twitter. Um, where are you? Where do they find you? Oh, if you want to be found, you, you don't to, have to be. Yeah, found. find me. Um, it's Susan underscore Joan, J O A N, and then underscore D at Instagram. 
Hell yeah. And I'm Joshua G. Justice. And our shows are uh, at SYECast on Twitter and at Set Your Expectations on Instagram. Also, join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Set Your Expectations. Uh, other than that, it's been great. It's been wonderful. It's been fantastic. <laughs> Have a great night. Take it easy.